Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hi guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. We have gotten a lot of stories from you guys, so we're going to share a few of them this week. Uh, And since we're so jam-packed with stuff, let's go ahead and jump right on into that. Our first story this week comes to us from Chase, and Chase has titled it The Haunted Flat. Okay, Chase. Let's jump right into your story. This is a story sent on behalf of a friend of mine that I personally found not only extremely frightening, but shocking because she was a total 100% non-believer. I feel like I should share this story so that others can see and hear how certain events and going-ons can happen not only to the believer who might want to experience something, but also to the non-believer at a time when people do not expect things to happen. My friend lived in a flat dating back to the 1950s post-war England in Kent. She was living with her partner at the time who was at work and apart from the odd noise or spell had nothing to report that the most sensible mind could resolve. The apartment was a simple two-bedroom one with the lounge at the front of the building above the shop front looking out onto the main road and with the two bedrooms at the back of the building. In between these two areas was the front door. She had not long moved into the apartment before having what she described as the most terrifying experience of her life. One afternoon in broad daylight, she was sitting at home in her lounge watching television when she heard banging coming up the stairs to the front door. The banging sounded to her like an over-exaggerated set of footsteps coming towards her front door and struck her as being slightly erratic. She thought that perhaps it was her partner coming home, but the noise sounded so bizarre she went to her front door and opened it to have a look. Upon opening the door, she encountered something that has totally changed her view on the paranormal. What she saw was what she described as a mist, like a large cloud of smoke in a humanoid figure coming towards her, followed by random bangs in the hallway. However, within the smoke, she could make out two sinister-looking red eyes that turned and came towards her front door. Feeling frozen with fear, she managed to slam the door and ran towards the lounge window overlooking the main road and leaned out the window. As she did, she looked back to see the door fly open with a huge bang and with enough force to actually make a hole in the wall where it flew open. The mist was not there, however, and the door closed on its own accord. She stayed by the window, occasionally leaning out into the main road, too petrified to leave and go into the hallway. 
She phoned me and another good friend to come and see her. Naturally, we were confused, but concerned as she sounded petrified. We went around there to find her still by the window, looking white as a sheet. Now, I have known this girl for several years and have never seen her so scared. We went up to the apartment to find the hole in the wall and, having been told what had happened, gathered a few of her items and decided that it would be best for all of us if we left straight along. A few days later, her partner was clearing out some cupboards to make the flat a little more homely as my friend refused Point Blake to return when he came across a Ouija board in the cupboard that the previous occupants had left behind. It was not a homemade one, but a professional one, and this was the point when he decided to call for help. The local Catholic church agreed to perform an exorcism on the flat and did so in his and my friend's company. This is very unlike my friend, as she is a total skeptic and would never even dream of doing something like this, nor would she go to this extent unless she was 110% sure of what she had seen. What I found most interesting was not only what she saw, but the discovery of the Ouija board in the flat. I know I never went back there after that, and she decided that despite the exorcism, it would be beneficial for her to leave anyway. A few weeks later, she left, and we never heard anything from that apartment again. Wow, Chase, that was an absolutely incredible story. Uh, I have seen a few instances where people who are not really what we would call believers or who are very skeptical about the world of the paranormal suddenly have a face-to-face -face encounter with it, and most of the time it changes their minds. <laughs> you, would, you would be surprised, though, at how many people can confront something like what your friend did and still have the opinion that, either hauntings aren't real or maybe they were having a hallucination or were on drugs or something like that. But most of the time, folks that run into things like what your friend did tend to have their entire worldview changed. And it sounded like that was the case with her. I'm very glad she got out of that. It definitely sounds like there was nothing good happening in that apartment. Um, thank you very much, Chase. I do appreciate you sending that in. That was an incredible story. Okay, our next story comes from Charlie, and Charlie has given it the title, He Was Examining Us. Okay, this sounds like kind of a bizarre start to a story. Let's see what you sent to us, Charlie. When I was younger, about 14 or so, me and my sister, who would have been about eight at the time, moved into a new rental house with our parents. The house was, and may still be owned by the same Chinese family that rented it to us. It was nicer than any house we'd ever lived in. It was huge, had five bedrooms, three baths, a dining room that measured 15 by 25, and a rec room in the basement about the same size. It had study rooms and extra little rooms everywhere. My father filled one of them with his meticulously kept religious books and materials, as well as stuff for his business. Within a day or two, however, every book and item in there had been covered with mold, totally destroying them. 
After being there a week or so, me and my sister were very unsettled about this place. My parents thought nothing of it, but we heard footsteps and door slamming, loud creaking sounds, and the sound of the wind blowing inside of the house. One day we were down in the rec room and I was in charge while my parents were out. We were watching TV. All of a sudden, this cold, bluish yet calm-looking face of an elderly oriental man looked around the door at us both. I became terrified and my sister ran to the far corner of the room screaming. I really couldn't move that well due to the shock, but after a second or two, I ran and covered her with my body. I kept looking over my shoulder and he was right there, examining us, kind of looking all over at us, but making eye contact with me when I would look at him. Then, after a minute, tops, he was gone. So I said, let's run outside and wait for mom and dad, and we did, fast. Our parents came home and we told them and went inside. My dad literally said, don't be so stupid, get in the house, and then they did nothing. A few days later, I had to watch my sister again. We didn't want to be in the house, but we had to listen to my father, who was a strict man, and stay. Once again, we were watching TV, this time with the door to the rec room closed. Suddenly we heard thump, 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 really fast, and then a bang. We heard that same pattern of sounds a few times and decided to get up the guts to investigate what was happening. The bathroom upstairs was at the end of the hall with three stairs at the other end where we were standing, then the beginning of the dining room. The door handle turned and we heard some little bit of feet dragging and we backed up out of the way of the stairs and amazingly some bluish heavyset man with curly short hair jumped down the three stairs. Thump, thump, thump. Then jumped really high and bang, landed in the entrance of the dining room, looked me in the eyes, made an excited face, ran towards the dining table, and was gone. We went screaming outside where we could still hear the house banging and thumping and saw the door slam a couple of times. My sister ran to the neighbors and I was about ten steps behind her. We waited there for my parents. I even thought it was a real person for a while. My dad came over to us as we were yelling at him, we're over here, and he said sorry to the neighbor and brought us home. When we got inside, he started yelling at us for embarrassing him and said he didn't believe anything we said. That night, I slept at the foot of my mother's bed while my sister slept beside her. My father was downstairs watching TV where he had fallen asleep on the couch. We all awoke upstairs to my father shouting bad words and death threats very loudly and was throwing things downstairs at some Chinamen, as he said. He came upstairs and grabbed us and put us in his car as we could see the doors of the house opening and closing and slamming. We drove to my uncle's house and the next morning I asked my mom where dad was and she said, he's with your uncle and I thought nothing of it. Turned out he went back to the house with my uncle, packed everything threw it in a van and truck and we never went back. Afterwards he apologized to me and my sister for everything 
and said that he believed every word that we told him. My mom said that must have been why the house was for rent so cheap. Whoa, Charlie, that is possibly the most bizarre haunting story I've ever heard. I would be really curious to know what the history of that house was. You said that it was rented by a uh, Chinese family, and it's kind of coincidental that the things that you saw in there, I don't want to say spirits or negative entities, or even you even postulated that it could be real people. Whatever it was you saw in there seemed to be of an oriental descent. So it would be very interesting to find out what the actual history of that house is, whether there was some activity from the family that had been previously manifesting in there, or if this was a new thing. Um, At any rate, I am really glad that you chose to send your story to us. It was, as I said, very bizarre and very, very interesting. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Our last story of the evening comes to us from a listener named Rob, and he has titled it A Malevolent Entity. Okay, Rob, let's see what you got. I want to start off by saying that I am a very skeptical person. I don't believe in ghosts and hauntings. I guess I'm a have-to-see-it-to-believe-it type of person. I've been this way all my life, and I'm still this way to a certain degree, despite what I'm about to tell you. I still don't believe in ghosts because I don't believe God would let a person's soul wander with no place to go, either heaven or hell. That's just my personal belief. What I do believe in is spirits, good and evil. My experience starts when I was a teenager. My friends and I used to be caught up in Ouija boards and witchcraft, I guess because we thought it was cool and scary. We used to ask questions of the Ouija board and receive answers, but we all thought it was one of us that was making it move. I'm not so sure anymore. Anyway, we used to even burn Bibles because we were all rebellious and knew that this was something that shouldn't be done. We were all ignorant to the truth of things. We used to make up our own spells and try to cast them with nothing happening, of course. We would all meet at my house on Wednesday nights because my parents were at church from about 6 to somewhere around 9 every Wednesday. We would try to have a seance and call spirits from wherever they wanted to come from, good or evil. I was in the mall one day and went to a bookstore to look for books on spells I thought might come in handy for us. One book caught my eye. It was called The Necronomicon. I flipped through the pages and found some spells on summoning demons. I thought this was cool and purchased the book. You have to remember that I really didn't believe in this stuff. I just thought it was fun. We all gathered at my house that Wednesday night. I believe there were about five of us as far as I can remember. One of my friends became the voice to cast the spell. We were trying to summon evil spirits. We recited the words back to the one that was speaking just the way the book said. This went on for some time and we were about to stop when we heard the front door downstairs swing open and hit the wall. A draft came up the stairways and blew my bedroom door open. It was strong enough to make your hair move and it was very, very cold. 
I didn't think about it being cold until later, but it was in the middle of summer and very warm outside. Anyway, I lied and told everyone that sometimes the door handle would stick and the breeze could blow it open. Everyone seemed fine with that explanation. The next thing to happen, however, scared all of us. We felt a pounding on the floor beneath our feet. It was a very hard pounding that shook the floor. In our fear, we ran downstairs to see if anyone was down there, but of course, found no one. All of a sudden, the downstairs floor was pounding the same as the upstairs floor. We all stayed together and progressed to my basement. There was nothing. We ran back upstairs to my bedroom. There were sounds all through the house that had no explanation. One of my friends had been standing beside my coat closet, which had been broken months before. He had kicked it shut earlier, and I wasn't able to open it back up. Suddenly, my closet door swung open with such force that it hit my dresser and almost knocked it over. My friend was just inches away from being hit. I looked at him, and he was petrified. There was no explanation for all the things that were going on, except that perhaps our spell worked and we were being visited by an evil presence. My friends were all very scared and ran out of my house and left me alone in my bedroom. I could hear doors opening and closing and the house was creaking. I turned on my stereo and raised the volume to try blocking out all the other sounds. I crawled into my bed and covered up. My bedroom door was a frosted glass so you could kind of see through it. I happened to look at my door and noticed a figure standing on the other side. This really scared me. I got out of bed and turned down the stereo. I looked outside and noticed that my parents' car was parked outside, so I knew that they must be home. The figure was still standing outside my door. I called out and asked who it was. There was no answer. I asked again and again. There was no answer. I decided to open my door and see who it was. It was my mom. She would not come into my room. She stood there and stared at me for the longest time. I finally asked her if she needed anything. She stared at me a little while longer and then asked, Robbie, have you been doing something evil? My skin crawled when she asked me this. She had been at church. How would she know what had happened while she was gone? She finally told me that she felt an evil presence in the house and walked back downstairs. The next thing I knew, I heard my mom walking through the house, praying and splashing water on our walls, trying to ward off the evil presence. I never did tell my mom what I'd been up to while she was away. I never, ever felt comfortable in that house again. There always seemed to be a sense of gloom in the house after that. Later in years, my mom died in that house. My dad sold it to a preacher, who I found out later had also tried to clear the house of evil spirits. I am still a very skeptical person and to this day question myself on what happened that night, but I can't deny my memories of what happened. This has haunted me all of my life. After that, neither myself nor my friends ever dabbled in those things again. My Ouija board came up missing that night and I never did find it. I haven't talked about these things in a long while due to the fact that it's a hard story to believe. I guess you would just have to have been there yourself.
Whoa, Rob, that was a wild story. And I think a lot of people have had experiences that they would describe as uh, something that you would just have to have been there yourself to either believe or to really understand how absolutely terrifying it could have been. But you did a pretty good job of communicating that. I got to tell you, that was a scary story, man. Um, this story is uh, very much a warning to anybody who wants to dabble in things. Um, I know people who are into witchcraft and uh, into things like that, and there's nothing inherently wrong if that's your belief set with being in witchcraft. Um, there's neither good nor bad. It's one of those things where it's kind of misunderstood to a certain extent. But at any rate, just like any other power or any other thing like uh, Ouija boards are a good example. If you're just playing around with them, if you don't really understand what it is that you're doing, you could be opening up yourself to a world of hurt. And Rob, it sounded like you opened yourself up to a world of hurt that night. But fortunately, you kind of learned your lesson and backed off of it. Just kids uh, and adults, if you don't really know what you're doing with stuff, don't play around with it. Ask questions. Find out from people who are more educated or more experienced in things before you just decide that you're just going to fool around with what could be forces beyond your control. Um, don't end up like Robbie and have your uh, wit scared out of you for um, what you thought was going to be a good time. So at any rate, Robbie, I really appreciate you sharing your story with me. I know that that can be kind of a tough thing to do sometimes, but hey, it sounds like you learned a great lesson from it. And again, we do appreciate you sharing your story with us. Well, guys, that is going to do it for this week's episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank Chase and Charlie and Rob for sending in your stories. You guys are absolute rock stars. And if you folks out there would like to be rock stars and have your stories shared on one of our broadcasts, just check us out on Facebook at True Paranormal, the podcast, and hit that like button. And you'll see an email button and a message me button. Use either one of those and send us your stories. We'll be glad to read them on one of our future shows. Also, if you are listening to us on iTunes, be sure to give us a rating and a review and check out our past shows. Our past shows are archived there for everybody to enjoy. We're also on Twitter. Follow us there and YouTube. We're on YouTube and uh, we are trying to get on some other platforms for you guys. And we're not going to share out every single platform on these podcasts uh, every week because that gets kind of lengthy. And you guys don't necessarily want me reviewing every single platform that we're on. But the biggest thing is check us out on Facebook and we'll have a list of those there. So whatever platform you listen to us on, it's probably listed. If not, again, send us a message and we'll see if we can get on that one too. At any rate, I do want to thank you guys for joining us this weekend every week. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. <laughs>